0: You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, we got a baptismal service to do this morning. I'm going to speak for a little while first. First of all, I wasn't scheduled to speak today, but Mark is sick, and he had a rough time of it last night, and he's still not well. So uh, I told Effie I was Jack before. <laughs> you remember him? Jack of all trades? <laughs> when we started off in ministry, I did a Sunday school adult Bible class, before the service, then I led the worship, and I preached, and I did that twice on Sunday. So I should be able to get through this today. Commitment is an awesome word in the family of God. So that's what I want to talk about this morning. Um, There's nothing that surpasses the joy of giving everything to the Lord. Everything. William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, said, when asked for the secret of his success, he replied, I told God that he could have all of me. There is a principle in Scripture which flows from Genesis to Revelation. Revelation. The principle of commitment. Being sold out to God. Giving all to him. Giving our best for his kingdom. I came across this quote which says it doesn't take great people to do great things. Just committed people. It's amazing what we can accomplish when we say, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be what you want me to be. Jesus used a simple act of, uh, of giving to underscore this principle. You'll find it in Mark chapter 12, verses 41 to 44. Everyone is familiar with it is the story of the widow. And, and she gave all that she had. The rich were giving out of their abundance. And Jesus didn't criticize that. That was great. There was nothing wrong with what they did. But she gave out of her, out of her poverty. Only a fraction of, of a penny. But she gave more than the rest, Jesus said because it was her all. If $100 is all that you have, and you gave that $100 into the offering plate this morning, or you gave it to somebody who was struggling to need to pay their rent or they needed to make a payment on their car, or they didn't have groceries in the house. And it was the only hundred dollars that you had, and you gave it, you would be giving your all. That's all you could do. If God has, if God has gifted you with talent and time and things, He expects you to bless. His work. When you bless his work, you are blessing God. And usually we bless God by blessing others. We use biblical principle of tithing as a guideline for giving today. It's a guideline. It's not compulsory upon us like it was upon the Jewish People, everything God has enabled us to do can be returned to him as a sacrifice of praise, as an offering. Our gift to the Lord, whether it's music or ministry or money or maintenance, is valued by God by how much it costs me. What kind of a sacrifice am am I making to him? What percentage of what God has given you have you returned to him? After eight hours of sleep, eating, and 40 hours of work each week, plus travel, most people have about 40 hours to do other things with. What percentage of that are we giving to the Lord? It makes a difference. It makes a big difference. You look at those mega churches and you say, how did they ever get to be like that? They have a strong principle of commitment. It takes a lot of people to do things in order to have a smooth running church. You may have heard the story of the pig and the cow and the chicken. They were discussing the plight of the poor and the hungry in their town. The chicken came up with a brilliant idea. The cow will donate the milk, the chicken will donate the eggs, and the pig will donate the bacon. Just a minute, says the pig. By giving milk and eggs, you guys are just making a contribution. But if I give bacon, or if I give bacon or ham, I'm gonna be making a sacrifice. Let's ask ourselves Am I making a sacrifice to the Lord or am I making a contribution for me to give? It means a lot if I'm willing to say, Lord, I'll give you my all. Let's explore this principle further. We see this principle in salvation. We look at it at God's, at God's point, God, for God's part. John three sixteen: for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus sacrificed his life so that you and I could have spiritual life, live forever. We see it as a requirement by God. Joel chapter 2 verse 12 says, Therefore also now says the Lord, turn to me with all your heart and with fasting and weeping and with mourning. Turn to me with all your heart. Jesus confirmed it in Matthew chapter twenty-two, thirty-seven: 37. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. There's a complete offering of ourselves to God. Philip preached it in e- to the Ethiopian. You remember the Ethiopian was riding along, reading the gospel or the, the, the um, prophecy Of Isaiah. Philip came to him. And he explained the gospel to him. Through Isaiah. And Philip. And and the Ethiopian says. Look there's water down there. What hinders me from being baptized? Can I be baptized? And Philip said. If you believe with all your heart, you may. And the Ethiopian answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And that's what we're going to be doing this morning. The candidates for baptism. They are doing something that expresses to the whole congregation, there's been a change in my life. I've asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart to forgive me of my sin. And just like as I go down into the water, I am simulating the the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Like Jesus died for my sin, I'm dying to that sin. And when I rise up out of the water, I'm symbolizing that now I'm living a new life. I'm a new man. I'm a new woman because of what Jesus Christ has done for me. It may have happened at your bedside. Maybe you knelt down by your bed and said, Lord, I'm I'm tired of the way I'm living. I know that I need something in my life. Forgive me of my sin. And you ask him to forgive you, and you had that witness in your spirit that you were forgiven. And now this morning you're going to be baptized, symbolizing what has already taken place. You're not getting saved as you can. If you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart, you can be, get born again and baptized all in the same time. But most people ask Christ into their heart, and then at a certain point they realize that the next step is baptism, that I need to obey what the Bible says and to repent. I've repented. I'm turned away from sin. now I'm going to be baptized. wholeheartedness is a divine requirement for salvation you don't give part of your life to Christ it's all or nothing folks it's all or nothing now you may struggle at the beginning you may fall flat on your face dozens of times But your heart's desire is to follow God. And when you mess up, you say, Lord, I've I've sinned. Forgive me. And he says, if we ask him, his, his, his blood cleanses us from all sin. We see the principle in service. God requires more than just lip service. Psalm 119 verse 2 says, Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. Lord, I want you. I want your ways. I want your plan. I want your purpose for my life. I want your will. Jesus made it very plain when he quoted Isaiah in Matthew chapter 15. 15, verses 7 to 9, he says, Ye hypocrites, well did Isaiah the prophesy of you, saying, This people draws nigh to me with their mouth, and honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. What Jesus was talking about was a religion, not a relationship they had religion but they didn't have rela- relationship they spoke the, the they spoke the the words but they weren't living it and sometimes some of you may see someone who for all intents and purposes are born again believers they may even have membership in this church But the things that they say and the things that they do is foreign to what God's Word teaches us. And I want you to know that while you and I are supposed to be representatives of Christ, ambassadors for Christ, we are still human. And if we choose to walk in the flesh, if we choose to walk in the carnal ways and the ways of the world, we are not representing Christ. And so, again, I have to go back to my heart's conviction. If you live by the word you'll be a good representative of Jesus Christ. But if you go by the ways of the world and do the things the way the world wants to do it and be political rather than spiritual, you're not going to represent Christ well. And any time we find ourselves getting caught up into that, We just need to say, Lord, I I realize, I recognize that I'm doing something that isn't right. I'm doing something that is wrong. So, Lord, forgive me and help me to walk in your ways. God wants better than that from us. He wants our best. Men that God used in Scripture were committed. They were obedient. Genesis chapter 6 verse 22 thus did Noah according to all that God commanded him according to what God had commanded he did everything that God commanded him Romans uh, 4 verse 3 for what does the scripture say Adam believed Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness Joshua, chapter 11, verse 15. As the Lord commanded Moses his servant, so did Moses command Joshua, and so did Joshua. He left nothing undone of all that the Lord commanded Moses. In 2 Kings, chapter 18, verse 6, Hezekiah Hezekiah says, for he clave to the Lord and departed not from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord commanded Moses. All of these great men that had an impact upon their generation followed God wholeheartedly. They did what God's word declared, and they did it with excellence. We could speak of Paul and Peter and Philip or give examples of of the early Christians. All had these things in common. They loved the Lord. They obeyed his commandments. They were committed to Christ. And thirdly, we see the principle in exercised faith. Faith calls for commitment, trusting completely, believing what the Bible says, and doing it. In Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said unto him, If thou can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Faith is an awesome thing. Faith in God is an awesome thing. You can put faith in man. You can say so-and-so is a man of his word or so-and-so is a woman of their word. But you realize that they're just human. And although you've never, never once saw them to be wrong, never saw them not do what they said they would do, they might just let you down at some point in time. But God never changes his mind. The Bible says that his word is forever settled in heaven. Man may put different spin on it. Man may interpret it wrong, but if you will go to God's Word and say, Holy Spirit, I want to hear what you are saying. I I want to just close out for a moment everything that I've ever heard any evangelist or any pastor or any prophet say, and I just want to hear from your Word. I want to hear into my heart. And as the word of God says in John, we don't need, we won't need any man to teach us. Holy Spirit will reveal it to you. Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. But it's got to be wholehearted. That's where commitment comes in. Psalm 37, verse 5, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he will bring it to pass. Jeremiah 29, 13, and you shall seek me and find me when you shall search for me with all your heart. Churches are dead or dying because congregations are content to make a contribution rather than a sacrifice. I would come to prayer meeting on Wednesday, but man, there's a good show on TV and I've got to watch that. Or I would come, but I just got so many things to do. I can't afford to tithe. I don't have time or despising the gifts that God has given. Spiritual gifts are spiritual gifts given you for a reason There are people that God has given gifts to that they have never ever used them, never took them out of the box. And the church is hurting because of it. The weather is seldom right for church attendance. It's either too hot or too cold, or it's raining or it's snowing. And then there's Sunday sickness. I'm glad that this is a message that I took out of my files, because Mark, Mark wasn't able to preach today, and I took this out of my files from 2001. So I'm not insinuating that Mark got Sunday sickness today. <laughs> <laughs> But there is such a thing that people use. It's amazing how many people get sick on Sunday. Completely healed on Monday. Our churches must be more than a place of entertainment. A place dedicated to dedicate babies and to marry couples and bury the dead. These are just incidentals. The main thing we are here in Coal Lake as a congregation is to reach Cole Lake with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And there are very few of us that are reaching our potential. I certainly am not. I can hide behind the fact that, well, people come into my office and I am able to lead them to Christ. I preach a sermon and once in a while someone comes and says, I want to receive Jesus as my Savior. That should not hinder me from getting out in the community and going to Tim's or somewhere and striking up a conversation with somebody asking, Holy Spirit, guide me today and who I will speak to about you. Our church should be the center of Christian activity in our community, reaching out to the hurting giving a cup of water in Jesus' name, giving time, talent, and things. Say, okay, Lord, Food Bank needs my help. Thank you for Isaac, who said, I'll I'll hit it up. But Isaac can't do it himself. We as a congregation have to get together and say, okay, I'm going to give some of my time towards the food bank. The church should be a place of healing rather than a place of condemnation. It's time for someone to rise up and say it's enough. Amos chapter 6 verse 1 says woe to them who are at ease in Zion. Many years ago Somebody wrote a, a book entitled A Comfortable Pew. We've gotten very comfortable in our seats. We got into this routine where we'll come to church on Sunday and we feel we've done our duty. And we'll let the 20% or 30% or whatever it is in the church Do all the grunt work, and we'll come every Sunday. We'll even tithe, but that's as far as it goes. How about doing a little sacrificing as well? You know, I don't think it's any easier for me to come on Wednesday night to pray than it is for any of you. I didn't get a special blessing, a special covering that makes me just want to do everything. It's not like that. We're all cut from the same cloth. Maybe it's time to get on our knees. Cry out to God on behalf of souls to increase our level of commitment. You know, the Bible says we'll reap what we sow. This is a good church. It's made up of good people. Some are growing in the Lord. Some are struggling in their faith. I've seen a lot of people. I see when you're getting cold in your your faith. I see when you're losing interest in the things of God. I see it in the general congregation. I see it in the leadership. I see it wherever it's at. Sometimes the Lord will impress on me to speak to a person But if I ask you, how are things going, and you put that bright smile on your face and say, everything's okay, I'll believe you. God didn't call me to be a lawyer. I don't cross-examine. But if you're lying, You have to answer to God, and you have to suffer the consequences because the church is here to help you when you're struggling. The devil would say, look at all those people. They don't care how you feel. They don't care what you're going through. Nobody knows what you're going through under you and God, unless you tell somebody. But it's amazing the the support that you would get from your congregation if you would just open up your heart and say, listen, this is what I'm facing. This is what I'm going. This is the doubts that I'm having. This is the struggle. This is my addictions. This is what's going on in my life, and I need help. You see, this church family some people's only link to God and their only hope for renewal and restoration. God is still God. He still delivers by many or by few. I'm not impressed by numbers. Sure, I would love to see every seat filled and have some more chairs put in there and there. And go to two services And have another service on Saturday. I would love that. But I would rather have 50 people that are committed to the Lord. Than a mismatch. Of two or three services. And all the stuff that goes with that. The core has to be strong and the core has to be committed before we can do anything of significance for the Lord. God is building his church by his Spirit with committed men and women. Men and women like you, who see themselves as nothing, who are growing weary in battle, but based upon the word of God, your faith proclaims victory in Jesus. Even though you don't see it with the natural eye, you know because God's word is truth. You have the victory. You know that you are a winner. And so we keep on working, encouraged by God's word. Galatians 6 and 9 says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we do not faint. I'm going to ask those who are going to be baptized today to get ready now, prepare. I'm going to uh, conclude my message here, and uh, the uh, musicians will come back to the the music and lead us in a song. So in conclusion, church, this is the Lord's work. It's not about Pastor Mark. It's not about Pastor Hayward. It's about his church and his mission field. The labor is hard, and we've got a lot of good workers here. We're doing the Lord's work. He works with our availability, and as we make ourselves available, he will make us able. Don't follow the example of deserters from the Lord's army, and don't take up other people's offenses. That is a common tactic that the devil uses to destroy churches. Someone gets offended at someone else and then you pick up that offense. I have no business picking up someone else's offense. I need to pray for them and pray, pray that the Lord will move and, and, and act in, in the person's life. But above that, I'm not doing the church a favor, I'm not doing God a favor and I'm not doing myself a favor. Resist the temptation to get lost in the crowd. Stand out for Jesus. Stand up for Jesus. Don't become a part of a bless me club. Bless the Lord. Continue to be a blessing. Determined to be committed to what God has called you to do. Give him your all. The harvest will be worth it. If we sow seed, we're going to reap. Let's sow good seed. The old hymn we used to sing one day, one time, only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. What have you done for Christ? What are you doing for Christ? What are you going to do for Christ? That's the question. So Heavenly Father, we want to thank you so much. Lord, this day is not a coincidence. Lord, you knew this day You knew when I preached this message in 2001. And you knew it would be preached this morning. And so, Father, I pray that you will just bless us now, Lord, as we go into the baptismal service. And I pray, Lord, that this will be a day to remember in Coal Lake Community Church in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.